Welcome to Talk on CFRC 101.9 FM and CFRC.ca. I'm your host, Timmy G, providing your weekly dose of insight and inspiration for mental and emotional well-being. Are you ready for your weekly brain bath? Let's go. Mental health news from around the globe. I'm your host, Timmy G. Looking at the news today, this from Canada.com. Can mental health apps change your life? Mark and Craig Kielberger. This looks like an opinion piece. The world can look grim through the window of a smartphone screen. At its worst, the internet is a stream of depressing headlines, cyber bullies, trolls, and political rants. And our data plans keep us constantly connected. One mental health author recently referred to smartphones as nightmare rectangles. But what if the LCD screen keeping you up at night could also be your gateway to better mental wellness? With the growing strain on Canada's healthcare system, mobile mental health offers patient-driven solution, potentially relieving the system and its overworked staff. Resources are wide-ranging, from guided meditation apps like Headspace to check-in apps for reaching out to friends in distress, including FaceTime sessions with licensed therapists and digital PTSD counseling through the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs. These services look promising, especially for rural communities where mental health risks are higher and care options are fewer. Mental wellness apps also have the power to reach youth, an at-risk demographic where they already live on their phones. Research shows that online treatment can help remove barriers to healthcare access, giving clients an experience on par with in-person therapy. Many apps offer self-assessment to help patients seek early intervention before a condition escalates and requires more time, energy, and resources to tackle. According to Sean Kidd, Chief of Psychology at the Toronto-based Centre for Addiction and Mental Health and creator of A4I, App for Independence, uh, which helps patients with schizophrenia or psychosis, Kidd says these apps have a significant place at the table. Kidd's app was inspired by a former patient with schizophrenia who used his phone to track appointments and detect audio to determine whether or not the sounds he heard at home were real or hallucinations. The finished platform includes medication tracking, sleep data, curated news feeds featuring positive peer-to-peer discussions, as well as patient diaries to encourage self-care and prediction tools that alert care providers if red flags in the user's habits mark a potential relapse in recovery. Kidd spent three years testing the app in development with CAMH. He warns that many privately funded apps focus more on slick marketing campaigns than research and quality control. As with all of the Internet's offerings, these apps are a case of user beware. If someone in your life is seeking to improve their mental health, the right resource could be a milestone in their journey but the wrong one could be a setback. Help them do their research. 
that dream journaling app with the cute graphics could burn their limited energy for recovery and distract from meaningful progress. Kid says, you've got a certain amount of gas in the tank for a coping activity. It's not Angry Birds. If the app isn't offering results, find a new option. Leave honest feedback for developers and reviews for future users. And if your phone is still causing anxiety, try Moment, which tracks how your use of apps affects your mood. Or Thrive, a boundary-setting app to foster healthier online habits. There's no replacing professional mental health care, but given how much time we spend on our phones, mobile mental health apps could be worth the screen time. That from Craig and Mark Kielberger, co-founders of the We Movement, which includes the We Charity, Me to We Social Enterprise, and We Day. You're listening to Talk on CFRC 101.9 FM and on the web, cfrc.ca. This from the Regina Leader Post. Dwayne Natua and his son Connor started a window washing business called Crystal Clear Windows as a way to work within the confines of their mental health issues. When Connor was 16, he voluntarily checked into the adolescent psychiatry unit. Struggling with anxiety and depression for years, he was tired of feeling bad and wanted to get help. By the time he graduated high school this past June, he was doing well but his anxiety was limiting when it came to finding a job that worked for him. After seeing an ad on YouTube one day, he had an idea. Connor's dad and business partner, Dwayne, went on to say, when we wash windows, it just streams down. Because it's pure water, it just runs like a curtain, straight down, and there's something really tranquil about watching the water. Connor and Dwayne created crystal clear windows, company that uses reverse osmosis to clean windows with 100% clear water using a telescopic pole that can reach up to four stories without ladders or scaffolding requires no wiping. Able to control their own hours and their interactions with the public, both Connor and his dad, who also struggles with depression, created a workplace that allows them to function within the confines of their mental health issues, but also to push each other to push to move past them. I think it's just helped my mood overall by me just getting out and exercising, which is a really big key to depression because you don't want to get out or do anything, let alone exercise, exercise, says Connor, adding that it also helped him become more comfortable with engaging with people face-to-face. Working with his dad means he has someone who understands what he's going through and when one of them is having a bad day, they can support one another. Having struggled with mental health issues for decades, Dwayne hopes everything he's learned over the years can help him build a business that can allow Connor to be self-sustainable and proud. Dwayne was diagnosed with ADD, now called Attention Deficit Hyperactivity Disorder, when he was 28. For many years, he self-medicated with alcohol, and in his 40s, he was also diagnosed with depression. It's been tough on the family going through that, but we're getting past it, he says. Working in IT for many years, he said it was difficult to function with the stigma and lack of empathy, especially for men with mental health issues. I think the biggest part of it is the lack of understanding uh, in the workplace, said Duane, adding that many people think you're lazy or lying to get time off work when you're actually struggling through a bout of depression. Although a mental health 
although mental health is being talked about more and more these days, there are still people, including employers and coworkers, who judge or don't understand the complexities of mental illness. Those barriers in the traditional workforce are why Connor and his dad feel strongly about creating their own workplace that is sensitive to the needs of people with mental health issues. Our long-term goal of the business is, as we expand, we're hoping to hire other people that have anxiety or depression and are having trouble going back into the workforce and show them that they can do something. They hope the business can give people a safe space to build confidence, self-worth, and independence like it has for them. Connor and Dwayne want to show people that it doesn't matter if you have a mental illness, you can still work and be successful. It's really important to me because it doesn't only spread awareness, but it also helps people and shows them that they can get out and do things as well, said Connor. You're listening to Talk on CFRC 101.9 FM and on the web, cfrc.ca. Last article for today is from The Star. New Subway poster campaign showcases Canadian artists taking aim at mental health stigma. This is from Jack Juan, staff reporter. When a Toronto nonprofit put out the call for Canadian artists to illustrate their experiences with mental health, they didn't expect the selection process to be so difficult. 2020 arts director uh, Megan Key said that they got an overwhelming response, 350 submissions to be exact of which only 20 could make the cut. There were so many good works, she said. On November 19th, those 20 pieces will launch as, quote, Life on the Line, end quote, collection of posters to be displayed on the TTC subway until January 6, 2019. The artwork will also be for sale on the online TTC, TT, excuse me, the artwork will also be available for sale on the online TTC shop, with 80% of the proceeds going to the Canadian Mental Health Association's Toronto Holiday Gift Program, and 20% going to the artists themselves. The Holiday Gift Program delivers gifts and necessities to underprivileged children, recent immigrants, women in shelters, and other at-risk people. 2020's mission is to erase stigma around mental health to raise money for organizations that support that goal through artistic fundraising. Historically, even though we've come a long way, there's a major disparity between how physical and mental health is viewed, represented, and funded, she said. Because of the stigma, people have often lived in silence and been denied appropriate care. So we really want to start having these important conversations about mental health so that people lose that fear of reaching out. The nonprofit has done one show before, February 2017 exhibition called Never Real and Always True, which was displayed at Toronto's Northern Contemporary Gallery and also asked artists for their own interpretation of mental health. Proceeds from that show went to Toronto Distress Centers. This time, Key said she wanted to do something bigger. Being a user of the TTC subway every single day, having stared at so many posters day in and day out, I realized, okay, this is a great place to be able to do this. 2020 doesn't have a relationship with the TTC itself, just the online shop. The organization instead partnered with advertising company Patterson Outdoor, which will place the posters on the subway line at a discounted rate. The interesting thing about art is that it has this unique ability to be able to convey, perhaps, feelings, emotions that cannot be conveyed through words or otherwise. 
So it makes it a really unique medium and being able to have that conversation about mental health that is so difficult to convey to people that causes stigma. You're listening to Talk on CFRC 101.9 FM and on the web, cfrc.ca. If you want to access past episodes of Talk, simply go to the website, click on Archives, Wednesdays at 4 p.m. And also, the CFRC Podcast Network, uh, podcast editions of Talk are available after the fact, every Thursday, usually by noon, you can access the podcast. In 2017, CFRC Radio celebrates 95 years of creating Campus Community Radio in Kingston, Ontario. Over the last 95 years, CFRC's governance has evolved. Once supervised by Queen's University and later by Queen's Alma Mater Society, since 2014, CFRC has been an independent, self-governing, not-for-profit organization. Its board of directors has representation from Queen's University, the AMS and SGPS, CFRC Radio Club, and the Kingston community. Learn more about CFRC, Canada's longest-running campus and community radio station at cfrc.ca. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addicton in offering confidential, quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388. Let's get personal. Our talk feature interview. to talk on CFRC 101.9 FM and on the web cfrc.ca. I'm going to do something a little different today. I'm experimenting with my interview uh, section of the show. And so last week I shared material from an ebook that I wrote called Cracking the Discipline Code, which looked at seven decoder problems that we have when we're trying to actualize the benefits of discipline in our lives. And we're struggling to do so. And so today, I want to share material from a book that I wrote. This is an ebook as well that I wrote in the past. And the reason I share some of this information, I know these topics and this type of content can be difficult for some people to share in their own lives or to approach. And so I feel that by, similar to having guests on the show, that by sharing this information, it can make it more accessible in your life if you're having trouble figuring out how to work through this stuff. So the more we make these conversations accessible and public, the more we will hopefully find the courage to deal with it within our own life. So this document is called Risking Great Love. A Short Guide for Couples in Crisis. 
To us the path of knowledge show, and teach us in her ways to go. O come, O come, Emmanuel, song, 12th century, Latin, author unknown. Chapter 1. During 2010, my wife Mary and I embarked on a difficult year-long journey that would either save our marriage or tear us apart. I didn't want to admit that we needed counseling, but we had reached an impasse. I imagined a recurring conversation in my mind that came to define the essence of our relationship up to that fateful period and ever since. It went like this. Me, thinking, can't you just accept that maybe this isn't meant to work out? And my wife saying, can't you just accept that maybe it is? Can't you just accept that maybe it is? A question that was safer to avoid. A question that, if faced squarely and honestly, might change everything. A question that, if given time to reveal its offering, could change the trajectory of my life and the future of my marriage, my family, and my personhood. Once permitted to exist and then entertained, this question naturally led to a second question. If this was meant to work out, what was I doing to prevent it from working out? Said another way, what was I focusing on within the relationship to convince myself it wasn't meant to work? And then a third question, what must I begin to do to allow it to work? As the intensity of the counseling process began to take root, it became obvious that leaving wasn't going to be as easy as I had imagined. Chapter 2 being the best you can be is really only possible when you are deeply connected to another. Splendid isolation is for planets, not people. Sue Johnson, author, Love Sense, The Revolutionary New Science of Romantic Relationships. I settled into my chair across from the counselor, hesitant to make eye contact. So how are you doing, he asked. His name was Danny Lopez. He had moved from California to Canada due to an opportunity that arose at a counseling organization that was becoming well-known for its approach. I'm not sure where to begin, I said, looking down at the floor, scanning the overwhelm that had become my mind. For a starting point, I continued. So much is going on. Like the other night, for example, Mary came down to kiss me goodnight, and I didn't want to kiss her. I felt a block between us. Mr. Lopez was ready. Well, it sounds like you really don't want to be in this relationship at all, or you're testing her. I understood the first part. I didn't quite get the second. What do you mean, testing her? Meaning emotionally, you're not sure you're willing to trust her, so you're sort of testing her reactions. I left the office of Danny Lopez with a new dilemma. You see, if two people have wound up in counseling, you can bet each party feels strongly about their position. Deep down... They are hoping the counselor will validate their concerns, their frustrations, their sense of rightness. In essence, each person is hoping the counselor will ultimately tell the other person they have it all wrong and that they must change. But driving away from this most recent session, I was beginning to arrive at the unpleasant conclusion that successful counseling is not arrived at in this way. I was starting to understand that I must focus the lens on my behavior and how it must change. Testing her, I thought. 
Was I afraid of true and deep intimacy? Did I even know what that meant, or looked like, or felt like? I had spent the last three months convincing my other counselor, yes, I now had two counselors on my Rolodex, that this relationship wasn't meant to work out, and I could produce a laundry list of reasons why. Now, I wasn't so sure. Chapter 3 One of the great benefits of marriage and parenting is not that adults produce children, but that children produce adults. John Bradshaw, author, Reclaiming Virtue With tears bursting from my eyes, I continued, Mary, you know I love Emma. Danny Lopez looked over at Mary. Tears were coming down her face, too. To my left, Emma lay asleep in her car seat. God, this was hard. I just wanted to s someone to tell me the right answers here. Then I could avoid this pain, this confusion, this, this process. My statement to Mary was a thinly veiled way of saying, If this doesn't work out, I won't leave you hanging, and I will do whatever I can to help raise Emma as best we can under different roofs. Mary and I had been together for almost ten years at this point, married for less than two. Heading to marriage counseling before Emma was less than six months old wasn't quite what I had envisioned. When the session came to an end, I walked away feeling defeated. If I had have expressed my thoughts, they would have sounded like this. I'm done with this crap. It's not helping. Lopez keeps siding with Mary. He's probably attracted to her. Jerk. How am I going to get heard with this stupid arrangement? I feel so alone. But by the next session, everything began to change. Chapter 4 Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. 1 Corinthians 13.7 Danny Lopez began, It's important for each of you to understand a few things. Because you each grew up in a very specific set of circumstances within your family units, you each learn from your parents different ways of being in and responding to relationships. Even though you are frustrated with each other and with this process right now, most of your patterns for communicating in relationships were actually laid down long before you ever knew each other. Does that make sense? Mary and I both looked at each other and nodded. Good. Part of our goal together is to help you recognize this pattern, identify when you have slipped into it, and then implement tools for communicating successfully with each other. To help with this process, I'd like you to pick up a copy of Hold Me Tight. It will guide you and help you navigate when we are not in session. That same week, Mary and I picked up copies for each of us and began reading at once. If we were going to honor a relationship and give it the respect it deserved and the necessary effort to rebuild it, we needed total commitment on both sides. The blame game had to stop. We needed to get at the root of our problems, regardless of whether they were caused by each of us currently or whether they were remnants of the past. Because what was becoming heart-wrenchingly clear was that our daughter's very development was at stake. My job as a counselor working with homeless men and women had led me to various resources showing how the brain grows within the first five to six years of life. Every interaction, including stressful events, impacts how the neurons in the brain get wired in. Exposing Emma to prolonged emotional and psychic stress would not be a good thing, and we, as her parents, had a responsibility to resolve our issues and give her the best possible environment in which to grow. In the beginning, 
the thought of leaving this oppressive and dysfunctional relationship took on almost fantasy-like proportions. I would be on my own. I could do what I want, whenever I wanted. I could finally get my needs met. But what if the reason my needs weren't getting met had nothing to do with anyone else? What if it all had to do with me? Then what? Chapter 5 In Insecure Relationships, We Disguise Our Vulnerabilities So Our Partner Never Really Sees Us Sue Johnson, Hold Me Tight, Seven Conversations for a Lifetime of Love It took me a few months to really settle into the counseling process. Because I was a counselor in my work, I was very good at asking the questions. Being on the other end of the process was very uncomfortable at first. I found myself analyzing Danny Lopez, intent to trip him up and prove that regardless of what he or my wife thought, at the end of it all, I would prevail. I would be viewed as the one in the right. But there was another part of me that knew it wasn't the time for pride. My fantasy-like desire to be on my own had to make room for a harder reality that began to torment me. I was compelled to consider what it would be like for Emma, at the age of six months, have her, to have her parents, the two people who chose to conceive her and bring her into this world, living under separate roofs. I hated the idea, for Emma and for Mary and I. I began to consider that no longer would Mary and I be in the position to share sweet glances over a sound or a smile or first word coming from Emma that only two parents living and raising a child together could do. These delicate and wonderful moments that occur as a family stop when you are no longer living together. This whole idea ate me up. Did I really want that? What needs did I think I would get to fulfill by splitting up my family, by placing my daughter's parents in different homes? And how would I erase the possibility of Emma thinking down the road that she was the problem, that she was the reason that we divorced? Emma was positively, delightfully precious, a dumpling of an angel gumdrop. Mary and I were responsible together for the beauty and the innocence that she exuded. She was breathtaking. It was important for me to begin to accept that if God gave Mary and I the capacity to create such a wonderful daughter together, He would give us the necessary support to work through any challenge so that we could remain as a family. Well, this period definitely fell into the category of for worse, but it hadn't always been that way. Could we return to for better, but even stronger, more loving, and more committed to each other than ever before? Chapter 6 My husband and I have never considered divorce. Murder sometimes, but never divorce. Joyce Brothers What happens to people in their lives when they are unwilling to change? When change is a necessary precursor for maturing, people who resist the change process remain overly self-focused and stunt the expansion of their maturity. Emotional maturity, a process that begins at birth and continues until death. If you delay the process, out of fear, or selfishness, or pain, the result is the same. You stop growing. You may be able to fall asleep on the couch every night watching hockey without interruption. You may be able to date several guys without giving any of yourself or your vulnerability. But it is in committed relationships where you actually become a better version of yourself. You may not care to accept or believe this, but while sprawling out on the couch with your favorite beverage without interruption will feel nice the first few times, 
eventually that couch will become a big empty symbol of a life half-lived. You think you are choosing A over B because in your mind A will bring you a better life, less stress, more satisfaction, better sex, more affection, clean garage. In reality, it's very likely you are meant to honor your commitments and work through them, not sidestep around them because presently they feel uncomfortable. I could leave my marriage and find another woman. The problem is this. Unless I work on me to change those dynamics that are specific to me, those same problems are going to show up in my life in the future, in my next relationship. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I've seen it over and over with people around me. They get divorced, convincing themselves they must have made a terrible mistake, only to find the same uh, frustrations arise with their next partner. Of course, during the next honeymoon period, we convince ourselves of our rightness in getting out of the previous relationship in order to be in the present one. But the honeymoon period always ends. And it's meant to end. And the reason it's meant to is because that is the necessary maturing of a healthy relationship. It gives way to something better, deeper, fuller. People who don't feel they should have to change, and I was one of these people for a long time, in order to make their relationship work, are stuck in an ideal that they have of themselves, their view of how relationships should function, and their past. These people will also likely resist counseling, saying things like, We don't need it. I don't need a stranger telling me how to run my life. We can do this on our own. Uh, we tried it for a few months and it didn't help. I didn't like my counselor, so I stopped going. Even as their relationship falls apart all around them, never changing, repeating the same patterns year after year after year. Things improve tempor temporarily when one partner threatens to leave, motivating the other to stand at attention for a while, but those deeply rooted family of origin patterns create an inertia that naturally pulls the relationship back to its psycho-emotional set point. No inner work completed, no change in set point. As difficult as it is to hear, it's no longer just about you anymore. Hopefully in time you can begin to see that this is a beautiful thing and not a limit on your perceived freedom. Danny Lopez was definitely helping, but Mary and my relationship was only as strong as our willingness to practice what we were learning. Without both of us committed, the process would fall apart, and we were back to blame, anger, frustration, and hurt. Pride, stubbornness, and the inability or unwillingness to let go have needlessly ruined many marriages and many families. Contrary to popular opinion, children need to be raised by the parents who conceived them. Those parents need to think long and hard before they finally convince themselves that their needs can only be met by leaving the relationship. I certainly understand in some cases this is the necessary course. And I might boldly suggest that you as an adult also have a need to be in a family unit that is happy and living under one roof. Splitting the family up, or even the marriage, will not satisfy this need. But like I said, some cases are such that they need to head down that path and there's no other alternatives. Abuse and the like require a change in circumstance. Somewhere along the process I had found a deeper resolve to fight for my marriage and my family. I decided I wasn't going anywhere. I would keep my stick in the fire until things were better. I would choose to be responsible for making our marriage 
first better, and then eventually great. Chapter 7. He who has loved one woman has loved them all. He who has loved many has loved none. Spanish proverb as retold by Rabbi Zacharias in a podcast called Divided Home, Divided Heart. The great writer Paulo Coelho once wrote, The warrior of the light notices that when a horse is about to jump over a fence, it tenses all its muscles, but he never confuses tension with anxiety. Like the horse in its jump, tension is a necessary element in producing results, forward movement, and growth. I have imagined that countless couples the world over have confused tension with anxiety. And in confusing tension with anxiety, they mistakenly concluded that they should not fight for their relationship. I was growing less prepared to make this mistake. I had to sit with the tension and do everything within my power to understand it. And, having understood it, I, like the warrior of the light, had to generate the necessary skill and patience to move through it. Our counseling work had revealed to me that I was at risk of becoming the man who has loved many women, and therefore none of them. Station to station, post to post, never really digging in and committing to creating something lasting, permanent, real, and built on trust, loyalty, and respect. When you have truly and deeply loved and committed to one woman, you've loved them all in the sense that there is no need to leave in search of something better, because you have it right in front of you. She who is in front of you represents the archetype of all women. You must choose to fall into her and stay. Tension will expand your character. Anxiety will cause you to focus on the faults in the character of your partner. Tension will reveal context and understanding and compassion. Anxiety will shrink the window for growth and agitate you to leave, stop, quit. See clearly the tension and accept it as a necessary element in producing results, forward movement, and growth. Don't mistake it for anxiety. Chapter 8 We become what we behold. We shape our tools, and thereafter our tools shape us. Marshall McLuhan, Canadian philosopher. In the beginning, I thought Danny Lopez was against me. And if not necessarily against me, it felt as if he was more for Mary. This, however, just wasn't true. As I saw it, he had one primary goal, to help Mary and I break down the walls that were in the way of us being happy, provide us with the tools that would keep our marriage a success long into the future. In order to edge us closer to this goal, he had to walk a fine line at times. Let me explain. Guys talk differently with guys than they do with women. Danny Lopez was able to use a tone and language with me that might not necessarily help Mary feel at ease, especially given that the success of our or failure of counseling rests upon the foundation of how strongly one can trust their counselor. When Danny Lopez was, in my opinion, getting soft with Mary and not asking her tougher questions or not prompting her enough to see my side of things, what was actually happening was that he was recognizing that to push in her direction might threaten the trust she was developing in him. If her trust in him was to weaken, she might shut down from the process. There was a method to his madness, but I only stood this several months later. Because Danny Lopez was bent on facilitating communication between us that would enable Mary and I to get our needs met, he could see from his unique vantage point 
what type of expression might be required in any given moment in order to produce this end. It has taken a lot of patience, practice, and listening to know what to say to Mary and how to say it so that she feels heard. Before, I would just keep hurling words in her direction, concluding that she was too focused on herself to hear me. That, or she did, simply didn't care. When two people are hurling words, conversation is going nowhere fast. When I would withdraw from a hurling session and take some much-needed quiet time, my thoughts would immediately begin painting a worst-case scenario. I knew this would never work out. I should have trusted myself years ago. I can't live like this. I would conclude, due to the intensity of my anger and frustration, that our marriage was doomed for failure. I had no idea how to process my emotions without driving them all the way to a worst-case scenario. Imagine showing up at a baseball game with a hockey stick and a volleyball. You don't stand much chance at playing the game of baseball properly or successfully, but to walk away believing that the game of baseball is doomed when you have showed up with the wrong equipment is erroneous, even foolish. If you show up to a marriage with the wrong skill set for successfully creating and maintaining that relationship, what will be the result? Anger, frustration, walls, breakdown. Before you blame the game, check your tools. And if you're curious what might be lurking in that toolbox, look at the health and vitality of your parents' marriage. What did they do well? Are they respectful communicators? Are they tender with each other? Do they seem happy? What recurring patterns have you witnessed within them over the years? This is what you inherited. This is what you are working with. Your spouse has inherited a toolbox as well. This is what she is working with. And each of your parents inherited a toolbox from their parents. Generationally, there are several toolboxes impacting on your marriage in this moment. And if you're in counseling, you've only recently discovered that maybe your toolbox is missing some essential tools. Seek to be patient with each other. I know this is hard. It takes time to equip yourself with better tools. While this may not feel comforting at first, it should at least enable you to step back for a moment and take a deep breath. No one is out to get you. Everyone is doing the best they can with the toolboxes they have inherited. You both have shown up to the game with some faulty tools. It's going to take some time to get things straightened out. Chapter 9. Being deeply loved by someone gives you strength, while loving someone deeply gives you courage. Lao Tzu. I had to get comfortable with accepting that problems are a part of life. Sometimes, big problems are a part of marriage, but only until we work to resolve them. And my relationship is a testament that any problem in a marriage can be resolved. Although Mary and I have experienced some major issues, we have worked hard to come out the other side much better for it. You have the ability to solve your marriage problems. Do you have the courage? You have the resources to solve your marriage problems. Do you have the commitment? And you have the time to solve your marriage problems. Do you have the patience? Not long ago, Mary and I became trapped in one of our patterns. Neither of us noticed that it was happening, and suddenly I was shouting at her as I was storming out of the room. I added in a few more choice words as I climbed the stairs before slamming our bedroom door. After sitting down on the bed, I immediately began to think, What was that about? referring to my own outburst. If this was years into the past, my mind would have instantly began formulating an exit route, 
a laundry list of reasons why I should no longer be here. Not this time. I decided I needed to go straight back downstairs and give Mary a hug and apologize. Within minutes, everything was fine, and we've since laughed about that night several times. The skills we learned through a year of counseling continue to work because we consistently put them to work. These skills form the basis of a healthy and successful marriage. Mary and I are happier and more complete as a couple than we've ever been, and it should be that way. Like a fine wine, marriage should get better and better over time. But it doesn't just happen on its own. And even if things seem hopeless today, it can still happen if you remain courageous, committed, and patient. Anything of significance in life takes blood, sweat, and tears. Marriage is significant, especially when it lasts. Chapter 10 Love has an immense ability to help heal the devastating wounds that life sometimes deals us. Love also en enhances our sense of connection to the larger world. Loving responsiveness is the foundation of a truly compassionate, civilized society. Sue Johnson, Hold Me Tight, Your Guide to the Most Successful Approach to Building Loving Relationships. If you are thinking about going to a counselor, you are already in counseling, or you are about to throw in the towel because you've convinced yourself that it's simply not worth it, I ask with radical honesty you consider the following before you decide to quit the process. Number one, the anger, frustration, and resentment you are feeling is anger, frustration, and resentment that you still need to deal with at some point. It is going to be just as unpleasant addressing it later as it is today. Deal with it now. Don't confuse tension with anxiety. This process will be tense, perhaps more tense and more uncomfortable than anything you have experienced in your life until now. Will you dig deeper to find the strength to rise above this discomfort despite your fears and frustrations? Number three, you and your spouse and partner have history. That history began with a honeymoon period characteristic to most romantic beginnings. And like virtually every relationship, that honeymoon period ended, not because your partner is flawed, but because that period is not supposed to last. The honeymoon phase gets you there. Mature love, which at times includes hard work and perseverance, keeps you there. Number four. If your family right now constitutes you and your spouse, no children, it may be tempting to conclude that the primary reason my story has a happy ending is because there was a child involved. To be sure, the reason I chose to stick with the process at first was because of Emma. But having a child involved also added a layer of complexity that a married couple without children wouldn't have to deal with. Be careful not to use elements of my story or anyone else's as a scapegoat to avoid the uncomfortable process that is sitting before you. To do so would dishonor a partnership that at one time possessed the capacity to fulfill your needs. It can again, but more so now if you will allow it to. Number five, the dynamics that have given rise to your anger, frustration, and resentment are part of a pattern of being in the world that existed before you ever knew your partner. Meeting them, together with the passage of time, pulled out of you what was already there. It takes two for these dynamics to exist. It takes two for solutions to be found. Number six. True love that includes the wonderful qualities of loyalty, honor, respect, and deep intimacy can only be developed and honed over many years. Stopping and starting relationships will provide you with temporary fits with the honeymoon phase, 
but will never take you to a love that is deep and true. Number seven, if you are stuck, unwilling to continue with the process, what are you unwilling to let go of? Is there someone you need to forgive? Please be clear. This could be your current partner, but it could also be someone from your past. And this blockage toward the person from your past is unfairly preventing you from being vulnerable and committed to your current partner. Choose to forgive and see how your life gets better. Number eight. You chose to marry this person because you were in love and could envision a life together. You need to compel yourself to inwardly return to these feelings in order to remind yourself that it hasn't always been bad. When you allow yourself to do this, wonderful intimacy begins to take root at a level that you have not experienced. Learning to trust each other through the counseling process while simultaneously allowing yourself to return inwardly to the good times, the great times, will reorganize your spirit and open you to a greater love. Number nine. Sometimes it's easier to walk away. It may be harder to stay. But the rewards for a job well done seen through the lens of perseverance will enable you to grow together in ways you never imagined. My hope for you is that you find the courage to rise beyond yourself. In rising beyond yourself, you will come to view your life from a much greater vantage point. This vantage point enables you to view your own needs but also the needs of your partner as necessary elements in a union that became one when you said, I do. While you are two individuals, the bond that was formed on your wedding day is now imbued with divine grace, a powerful presence that is meant to go out into the world and touch the lives you meet. I'd like to end this chapter with a short parable. There once lived a man who had been divorced many times. All the while he thought the problem was with his many partners, but he came to see that the problem was living within him. It was just prior to his last near divorce that his old tired father approached him with a concern. Lying on his deathbed, the father began, You know, son, it has been hard to watch you go through these things over the years. Just when our family reassembles and gets settled into a comfortable way of being with each other, family visits, holidays, summertime, it seems you can't help yourself but to manifest crisis in your life. The old man paused, careful with his next words. A single solitary tear began to fall from his eye. The longer you continue to indulge your pain, your fear, your inability to let go of the past, the longer everyone around you has to buckle up for the roller coaster ride that has become your life. I love you, son but it hasn't been fair to those around you to go on thinking that your de decisions affect only you. He clutched his son's hand and looked deeply at him. It was never just about you, and it never will be. We are all in this together. Be an example to those around you of what can be, not what can't be. As the old man released his hand, he rolled over onto his side and whispered, Sometimes in life we need to honor our commitments simply because it is the right thing to do. Chapter 11 It was to be our last session with Danny Lopez. Thinking back over the previous year, it was hard to believe any of it. The factors that led Mary and I to counseling, the intensity of the process, and now, the future before us, hand in hand. A person can only truly understand and appreciate the value of counseling once they've been through it. Not a month of it, but a year or more. Not much can happen in a few weeks or even a few months. 
Problems that exist in a marriage have roots that began before two people ever met. The way we have learned to communicate with each other, the way we respond when hurt, and the way we learned how to give and receive love, all of these and more were formed from childhood onward. To blame your current partner for the frustration, the anger, or the hurt you feel is not really the whole story. I understand their actions might have broken trust, convinced you of their extreme self-centeredness, and compelled you to believe there's no point in going further. While they might be the current mirror that is reflecting a problem in your life, they are only a piece of a much larger context that spans your entire life. If you can allow yourself to view it this way, your spouse will no longer be seen as the enemy, but a friend and partner you can begin to view in a new light. You will begin to develop a healthy sense of compassion toward them, and by extension, the challenges you are experiencing together. As Mary and I wrapped up our last session with Mr. Lopez, he shared something that I will never forget. A testament to what two people can accomplish together when they put their egos, their pain, and their immaturity aside and surrendering to learning a better way. I really want you guys to know that you have committed to some of the hardest work that I have seen this year. You should be proud of yourselves. Mary and I continue to go, grow deeper in love, respect, loyalty, and honor. Your situation can only improve if you allow it to. I hope you choose courage, patience, commitment. You must choose to fall into your partner and stay. Here is Stay by Rihanna and Mickey Echo. You are listening to Talk on CFRC 101.9 FM and on the web, cfrc.ca. It's not just something
If you like great music from the 60s and 70s and good covers, listen to Frankly Speaking, music to tickle your memory bone on Fridays at 1 p.m. on CFRC Radio. Hello, I'm Tamara Cicerella, a counselor serving area residents who live with addictions or mental health concerns. Deeply committed workers like me assist people in reaching their recovery goals. On April 1st, Addictions and Mental Health Services in Kingston and Frontenac joins Lennox and Addington in offering confidential, quality services. Addictions Mental Health Services, Kingston, Frontenac, Lennox and Addington is committed to providing the best possible services to all who need it. For more information in Kingston and Frontenac, call 613-544-1356 or in Lennox and Addington, 613-354-7388. Whatever you're going through, we're here for you. We are the Peer Support Center, a confidential and non-judgmental drop-in space where you can come to talk to a fellow peer about anything at all. We have been supporting students at Queen's for at least 10 years now, and it wouldn't be the service we are today without the dedication and care of our amazing volunteers. We also wanted to thank you, Queen's. Thank you for all the students for trusting us over the years with your stories and experiences and allowing us to help support you during your time here at Queen's. University can be a challenging yet rewarding time, and we want students to know that we are here for them through the good times, the bad, and the in-between. Come stop by the Peer Support Center in JDUC Room 34. We are open seven days a week from noon to 10 p.m. You're listening to Talk on CFRC 101.9 FM and on the web, cfrc.ca. Podcast episodes of Talk are available generally Thursdays by noon. So if you check out the CFRC Podcast Network, you will be able to access today's episode tomorrow by noon. Tomorrow evening, Thursday, I host a support group, MindWell Support Group, 1111 Taylor Kid Boulevard. We are relaunching a new session beginning tomorrow. Last week was an information session. This week, we are beginning. So if you want to check it out, Come to 1111 Taylor Kid Boulevard, Room E, and 
we will be dealing with various topics to do with the mind, obviously, and emotions, and communication, confidence, assertiveness, variety of different topics that can help you to manage and navigate your day a little bit more effectively, and to deal with anxiety, depression, different types of stresses that you may be experiencing. So come check it out. Anybody who attends the group will receive a free copy of my book, a memoir having to do with mental health themes. And also, if you love music, want to check out my new album, you can go to www.forgivenessg.com. And the full album is there to check out the full tracks. And I hope you will. A lot of these songs were written during the same period that I was going through a difficult mental health crisis myself uh, years ago. And so if you are someone who deals with different mental health challenges, I think these songs will be relevant and helpful to you as you process your own stuff. If you have any questions or feedback or want to be interviewed on the show, you can always email me at info at forgivenessg.com. And if you're in a relationship where you're going through some different difficult things right now, it's always to remember that always good to remember that um, one day at a time, maybe maybe forgiveness is something that's important to consider because we all have a propensity for holding on to things, whether it's dealing with coworkers and not actually saying what we would really like to say, or maybe they are maybe they have communicated something to us that we feel was not proper or respectful, maybe it's relationships, maybe it's, uh, could be anything, could be anything, but I feel like it could be, we watch the news, political issues, there are so many opportunities for us to forgive and let go of things that we are tempted to hold on to, things that we don't agree with, things that we don't see, people we don't like, the judgments that we carry, there's so many opportunities in a day, daily period to forgive and let go and not continue to cloud up not only our own energy system, but the ether and what's going on out there. And so contribute to peace and choose forgiveness. Give more of yourself to the process and watch the relationships around you transform. They really do. And so if you're interested in a copy of Risking Great Love, just shoot me an email, info at forgivenessg.com. I'd be happy to send it to you as a listener of the show. It's currently available for a nominal fee on Amazon, but if you are a show listener and you'd like a copy because you thought there was some concepts in that ebook that were relevant to you, I would be more than happy to email you a copy of it. And, or if you're interested in the ebook from last week, Cracking the Discipline Code, you're trying to implement discipline in your life right now and are having some difficulty, uh, shoot me an email, and again, I'd be happy as a listener of the show, to send you a free copy of... This has been another edition of Talk with Timmy G on CFRC 101.9 FM and CFRC.ca. If you have any questions or feedback or would like to be featured on the show, please email me at info at timothydgauthier.com. That's info at timothydgauthier.com. Every Thursday from 7 to 8.30, I facilitate a free drop-in group called MindWell. It's a support group for anybody dealing with burnout, stress, anxiety. Again, that's 
every Thursday from 7 to 8.30. The address, 1111 Taylor Kid Boulevard at St. Paul the Apostle. Till next week, be smart, be safe. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.